Hold on to your hats, the countdown to the biggest wellness event of the year is on. Join our side August 15 and 16 in Melbourne for not one, but two days of Powerhouse Wellness, featuring 11 of Australia's most inspiring, entertaining, educating, fermentating speakers. Damo, what is fermentating? MP, I'll tell you at the summit. Your favourite wellness couch speakers are joined by special guest Nat Kringudis on all things hormones and female health. Join the Up For A Chat girls, the wellness guys, the natural nutritionist Steph Lowe, Kale Brock, Quirky Cookings, Joe Witt, Marcus Pierce, and the rest of your favourite wellness couch podcasters. Regular and VIP tickets are still available, but hurry before this summit is sold out. For tickets, go to www.thewellnesssummit.com. The Wellness Summit is proudly brought to you by Well & You. Be someone that makes you happy. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up For A Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, Up For A Chat, about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Mara. And welcome to today's show, where we're talking about all things to do with leadership. And, you know, it's going to be an interesting show because I can't really wait to see where it all goes and what we land up talking about. Because over the weekend, I was thinking about the necessity for people to really understand what leadership is. And I was thinking to myself, you know, it's... it's really quite a profound comprehension when it comes to leadership because it's not just about leading others, it's about leading yourself first and foremost. And I think that that's not something that we put a lot of effort and energy into. And then Cindy came and she said that she wanted to talk about um, how we're being misled um, and it's just kind of like a really perfect and beautiful combination of what today's show is going to be about. So Cindy, hit us with what you were thinking well, what's happening is that um, I was reading about big food. Uh, well, I think ages ago we did talk about astroturfing, and astroturfing is where uh, big companies pay bloggers or scientists or people like that to create a meme in the community or a scientific article to that uh, has some doubt in it to be correct. And so we have this thing where we be believe something, but in actual fact, all we're being done is being duped by um, payment by big companies telling other people what to do. So that was, I, we talked about that quite a while ago. And then over the weekend, I was reading uh, some opinions, as I always do. And this one was um, Big Food Uses Mummy Bloggers to Shape Public Opinion. And the, the head, it headed this. It said, in this past weekend, biotech giant Monsanto paid bloggers $150 each to attend, in quotes, an intimate and interactive panel with two female farmers and a team from Monsanto. The strictly invitation-only three-hour brunch, which took place on the heels of the Blogger Her conference, so this all happened in the U.S., so, you know, we have those conferences here in uh, Australia where there's Blogger of the Year and, and, you know, Nikki, a friend of ours, is, has done very well with that. So yeah, this is a Blogger yeah. Her conference. Promise bloggers a chance to learn about where your food comes from and to hear about the impact growing food has on the environment and how farmers are using fewer resources 
to feed a growing population. Though the invitation from Blogger explicitly stated, no blog posts or social media posts expected, <laughs> um, the event was clearly designed to influence the opinions and the writing of a key influencer, the mummy blogger. I find this scary. I find this very scary because I'm fine. Like I was asked um, at the Adelaide Advertiser, I was, I was asked what did I think was the biggest influence um, in making change in in health reforms and healthcare, and I said, a mum, mm. because a mum does more uh, research about her child than any most doctors or most um, you know people will do, because it's their child. They have an intimate emotional connection that will never end whether that child dies or does you know it stays alive so they work their butts off to find something that will help their child and I believe look I I know uh, as a mother 30 years you know 25 30 years ago that uh, I did things differently and I know I influenced people in my um, just in my group alone. So I, I went to a play group and a lot of the mothers used to ask, what do you bring, you, you know, the kids to, to eat? You eat different things than we do and why don't you give them antibiotics and why don't you do this and that? So uh, I know that that was key and I don't know about you, Kim, when you are a mum, who influenced you or did you influence people? So here we have strong opinionated mothers being um, seduced by big companies to spread the word about their unscrupulous ways, really, but they're not going to say that, are they? You know, they've obviously got two female farmers that are using GMO and using Roundup and using chemicals that Monsanto uses uh, and artificial sweeteners and showing how we can feed the world. And what's really interesting is that I, I saw a really good quote and I'm just going to go to my photos to tell you the quote because I took a photo of it and it said, the urge to save humanity is almost always a false face for the urge to rule it. And, and that's what's happening. Monsanto will be saying to these mummy bloggers, this is how we feed the world, how we feed a growing population. This is why, why your children will then become, you know, they'll be okay, we'll have enough food for the world. But when I was doing my documentary on wheat, I, I can't remember who it was, but one of the people that I interviewed said that we created, we planted enough wheat last year to feed 11 billion people. That's just wheat. That's no other food. So I, I just, I'm, you know, I was quite disturbed by this, um, by this article because let's look at the likes of somebody like Belle Gibson. She was believable. She was a mummy. She was, you know, she was gorgeous. She took great photos. She had an amazing following. But she was one very disturbed mum. And, and while I don't think that she was saying anything that was, you know, horrifically bad as far as saying let's do real foods, let's do whole foods, let's do this, she lied to the public. 
And these mums, you know, we don't know what category they're in. Are they just trying to save the world, trying to save their children, trying to save children, or, you know, are they in the same as, as um, Belle Gibson? You know, I, and then we can go further. We can look at Jess, Ain, as Jess Ainscoe. You know, everything she did was from her heart. She changed so many people's lives. She was a huge influence, although she wasn't the mommy blogger, as they say. You know, she was a young girl in strife and um, wanted to tell people about her journey. That's how it all started was I need to express myself. I need you to know what I'm going through, what my life is like, what it's like being at home for two years and, you know, doing Gerson, what it was like having chemotherapy and it not working and 12 months later my disease coming back. So this is scary leadership, I believe. Um, that, you know, that's my, my point of view and other people may not agree with me, but then a lot of people might think I'm a scary leader, <laughs> <laughs> especially people who don't agree with not taking antibiotics and the vaccination issue and, you know, um, that we should be eating GMO foods because I know there are people out there that, that actually believe that, is that there's nothing wrong with genetically modified foods. I had somebody on my Facebook page going, what's wrong with GMO foods? Um, I had somebody just recently just saying, please give evidence that genetically modified foods are bad and Roundup's bad. Uh, and, yeah, it's um, it's a tough one, I think, this, this with the social media and the amount of information that we're allowed to um, give now and... And the astroturfing out there, who do you believe? Who mm. do you believe anymore? Well, I think that's the challenging part, isn't it? I think, um, which again, I think brings me back to self-leadership. I was looking at some stuff to do with the economy, the American markets, Greece, you know, and all that sort of stuff over the weekend. And I think it's a real challenge when it comes to the things that really matter in our lives. It's a re it's really challenging for everybody because there's such conflicting views out there and people are so passionate about their own particular view. And I think that um, for the person who's not educating themselves really it's all too easy to be led and misled and we don't actually find that out until it's all too late and the people who hold the information um or not necessarily the people who hold the information let me rethink that where the information comes from is very skewed towards as you said cindy before people are either wanting to save the world but to rule the world and I think that that power struggle has been in place since, you know, God was in small pants almost, you know. There's been that, you know, there's been that great um, desire from the powers to be to actually be the ultimate power. And, I, and it's, it's frightening. It's frightening. Because if mm -hmm. we can suggest that a plastic food or a modified food or a, um, you know... If, if we've got people out there who are actually believing that that's better than a naturally grown carrot, then it's, it's frightening. It's frightening that we can be so naive 
and, 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 and I say naive because I believe there's a level of innocence behind it. You know, if we knew better, we would always do better. So it strikes me as curious as to really what the answer is actually going to be to save ourselves. I, I, what do you reckon, Kimmy? Um, you know, I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, Kaz, I was, I was guilty of believing that a plastic food was better than butter. And, and a lot of that was due, I think, because of my, my tribe that I was in and the people that I chose to believe and the, I, I think this has a huge part to do with it. I mean, all facts are based on, you know, a very biased opinion, really. Like a lot of people start to believe this fact or this, this maybe that wasn't a fact, and then a fact is just a proven belief. So, you know, then the, the circle I was in back then before children was that this thing called Olivio, just as an example, was much better for you because the whole thought process around my training, so, you know, even when I was becoming a personal trainer, everything was based on low fat. All doctors were talking low fat. All my girlfriends were talking low fat. And then this beautiful miracle low-fat margarine came out that was based on olive oil that sounded healthy. So I advocated the, the benefits of, of this thing called Olivio. And I don't know if I should be saying I feel ashamed to say it, but at the same time, I, like you said before, darling, I knew no better. That was what I thought was the best thing. I think when it comes to leadership and then advocating or teaching others, um, it, it, it comes back to what we've talked about on many podcasts and, and that is the philosophy. The philosophy that we have is being open to learning and hearing new truths. The philosophy we have is, is this is what we believe now, but as we know in anything to do with science or leadership or, or mothering or anything, that there's always new information coming out. So um, I think it's great to hold on to truths and I think it's great to believe in something um, I think the greatest leaders are those that lead with inspiration as opposed to manipulation. Um, and I'd like to think that how I lead um, comes from an inspired place of also being proven wrong or proven that there's something better or an awareness that someone else might know more than I do and therefore I'm inspired to listen to understanding that. I think as human beings we're starting to see through a little bit now of... Um, you know, when it's fake or to see that if, if I was a mummy blogger and I was invited to come to a to a forum that was run by a big pharmaceutical company or a big um, food company, I would be questioning their motives or their agenda. So um, I, I, I don't know. I, I look at the, the two of you as leaders and I know that if I turned around to one of you and I said, mm, I don't know if I agree with that, I've heard this, what do you think? There's a There's kind of a mutual respect about creating each other's opinions and listening to one another and then going, sometimes I get major ahas just listening to someone else's opinion. Um, I think that's what I love most about what we do and perhaps people on the wellness couch, there's an inspired way of leading um, as to an agenda or a manipulation way of leading. Do, does that make sense? It does totally and I think um, it's all part of um, being educated isn't it I mean we have to see the dark to see the light we've got to see all aspects in order to discover what our stance is isn't it I mean we, we can't just we can't just take anybody's view for it and I think that's the real thing and again as you said Kimmy we've said this a thousand times on the podcast is that 
We can't just take one person's beliefs and think that that's gospel. We can't just take one person's way of um, of seeing the world and then say that's true, right, and real. It, it, it takes having contribution from all sides then to to make up our own stance on it. But I think the important thing is that we do have our own stance on it, you know. In that, and and from there, then we're able to 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 lead ourselves first and foremost. On do it. you but think, I think though, it's to be educated? You know, we've got to. We've got to research. The, the people from the Monsantos and the people from pharmaceutical companies—they believe they're educated and they believe that their knowledge is the truth. And they get told by other corporations, and then there's a whole lot of people saying the same thing. So therefore, they're all believing the same truth. Like, but that's the but, and that's the thing that I'm saying is that nobody wakes up in the morning and thinks, "How can I destroy humanity today?" You know, people from Monsanto, they're not waking up in the morning, the, the employees. They're not waking up in the morning thinking that. But what they're hearing is one side. They're hearing one view. They're not hearing the contrast. They're not hearing or at least consider. They probably are hearing it, no doubt. But they're, they're, they're not considering the truth in both sides or the options in both sides potentially. And I think that, you know... If you look at if 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 you look at our pharmaceutical companies, they have a lot to lose. They have a lot to lose by not maintaining their hold on the belief systems of humanity, or if, mm. you know, of humans. They have a lot to lose. So of course they're going to be ferocious about their um, about their stand on what's right, what's wrong, what's healthy, what's not healthy. They're going to be ferocious about that. Uh, and I think therein lies the greatest challenge when it comes to self-leadership because, you know, we do have to come back to, um, well, I don't, we don't have to, we don't have to do anything. But the option exists for everybody to come back to, well, what's what's behind this great push? Is it the health and well-being of humanity or is it the financial gain? Because there are always going to be people who are going to be driven by that. And you've only got to look at, and, you know, it's, it's kind of like a whole convoluted conversation, but you've only got to look at our economy and the economic system, even in the United States, where the whole GFC started. That whole thing was driven by 10 men, 10 men whose desire it was to rule the economic world. And it brought the whole world to its knees. Mm. So when we look at that sort of thing, we're all only human. Nobody is um, nobody's beyond or above that um, that that desire to rule the world. I mean, you look at that. We would have thought that we were in safe hands. We would have thought that. The world was in safe hands from an economical point of view and we trusted the people who were leading us when the very people who were leading us were the people who only had one agenda, rule the economic world. And our governments are are caught up in that. And then, of course, all of our big pharmaceutical companies fund that and our big top-end corporations fund that and then our media drives it. So it's all very closely connected and it makes it very challenging for the lay person who's the, the, the end user to discern. Mm. I, honestly, it, 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 
it, it's um, it's disheartening sometimes, you know. I, I agree with you, Karen. It is disheartening, and you sometimes just want to throw your um, hands up in in horror. Um, at, or just I, I give up. I'm just going to, you know, live my life um, the way I feel, the best way we can feel. But I think what it comes down to is, yes, education is important, uh, but, you know, I've had I got my degree 30 years ago and some people say, well, that was a long time ago, that's not worth anything. But if I'd got it a year ago, people would be saying, well, you went behind the ears, you've got nothing there. So no no matter what your education is, people are always going to knock it. I've seen people knock PhDs, um, you know, out of, out of so many wonderful institutes. I, I don't understand what is happening and why people are doing this now. But I think that we must be steered by something. And education isn't necessarily... Uh, what will steer us. Yes, it's important to have some knowledge, but I think what has steered and gotten humanity to where it is today has been culture, philosophy, religion, and I don't mean religion, actually, I mean spirituality. So if we look at the old cultures and traditions, they had they had belief systems, they had philosophies about the way they would live. There were traditions and culture passed down. And for me, having a philosophy, I can look at a science article and and look at it and go, well, I don't see how that works. I don't see if I'm looking at my philosophy with this science article, I can't see how that can be a fact. It can't be replicate well it may not have been replicated I can look through the the periodicals and to see if it's been replicated because you know as my beautiful Dr Steve Meyer says that 90% of science is not replicable but it gets us to the 10% that is the truth and will take us beyond where we are now and we lived for millions of years without science yes it was happening in the background but nobody knew why the Australian Aboriginals knew how to cook nadu um, in order for it not to kill them. And, you know, nobody, like right now, raw milk is banned in Australia, but yet there are cultures around the world that, that that's what they live on, the Maasai, the Himba. Um, there's a, a, another group in Afghanistan that live on it. And, and you know, you, you kind of go... How can something that people have lived on for years be something that's dangerous for us and should be banned and become a black market uh, commodity? So while education is important, you can be educated in the wrong um, things, such as you might go and do science, you might do chemical engineering, and you might realise that drugs are brilliant, synthetic vitamins, we can make synthetic vitamins, we don't need food. You know, so you can be educated that way. So I believe it's what guides you through life, what makes your head stand on end or your hair stand on end when somebody says something and it just doesn't feel right. It's Mm. like what we talk about, that gut feeling, but I think you also need that philosophy in order to give you that gut feeling. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Mm. Totally. Uh, You know, I read a book 
there's a beautiful TED Talk by Simon Sinek online about leadership. I don't know if either of you have watched it. He's just, and I love his book, um, Leaders Eat Last. He said um, that very few people will actually buy into what you do. They buy into why you do it. So I want to ask you both. Mm. Why do you both do what you do? Why do you get up each day excited to do what you do? Why? What's your why? Cindy, you, you go wanna... first. <laughs> I love how she does that to me. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, why do I get up every morning and do what I do? Well, before babies, before children and before husband, I did it because I loved it. I absolutely loved it anthropology, nutrition. Uh, I, I don't know. I just loved food. I loved cooking. Um, I just had that, that love. I think that that is number one. And then as I got babies, I did it for them, you know, Howard and the babies, um, Brogan, Casey and Tanya, which are now adult, who are now adults. I do, did it for them. I, um, so love was, I guess love is the ultimate. Love is the ultimate reason why I do what I do. You can call it passion, you can call it anything like that, but in if I was to get right down to it, it's the love of doing what I do. I get, I don't go, I like, I all I do is read nutrition news. I said to my daughter last night, I went, I really should get a novel. I really need to download a novel. And then I get online and I, I see all the nutrition books and I go, oh no, I'll just get that one. That looks interesting. And yeah, and I find it relaxing, you know. I, I read about four blogs over the weekend that um, each night I'd go to bed and I'd read a blog and they're quite long blogs and they're, and one of them was, you know, this whole mummy blogger and Monsanto um, seducing them into thinking that GMOs and Roundup is good for us but if they really saw the the science and the information behind it, I think they'd, they'd question it. But they probably are seeing the science and the information behind it, from, but from a very different philosophy. And, um, yeah, okay, so that's, that's my answer, love. What about you, Karen? Okay. No, no, before, before Karen answers, so, oh. Karen, now I want to ask you, mm-hmm. why do you think people follow Cindy? Why has she got so many thousands of people following her? Why do so many people listen to her? And obviously there's people that also um, don't agree with her or have, you know, not so nice things to say. But the majority of it is the people that follow her love her. Why? Why do you think it is? I think I think because um, I think Cindy gives people an option that makes logical sense. You know, sometimes even when it comes to spirituality, you can read something and you look at it and you can go, that rings true for me. And then that becomes part of, you know, what forms that philosophy. Because the only thing that we can actually use, the only thing that we have is our own ability to see what rings true for us. It's our only frame of reference we've got. Otherwise, all we're doing is trusting everybody else's opinion. So I think what Cindy does is she presents an option when it comes to our nutrition and health and well-being that rings true for us. And I think that's why a lot of people follow her because she gives a very different view that actually speaks to the heart and soul of tens of thousands of people around the world um, that nobody else is nobody else is talking about 
I mean, I think that there are more people talking about it now, but certainly over the years, it would have been a very challenging journey. But Cindy was unwavering. And I think that also, too, that helps people build confidence and they can see, well, actually, she's not willing to bow down to the masses. She's actually not willing to sacrifice her view for money. She's not willing to sacrifice her view because of pressure or because, you know, somebody has something derogatory to say about it. She's not willing to sacrifice her view. And I think for the people who continue on the journey with Cindy, they they get a very genuine experience and they're constantly getting more and more information that rings true to them personally. And they can say, that makes sense to me. Um, again, which helps them form a philosophy. And, it, and, and I, I think you're right. You guys are both right. The beginning and the end is the philosophy. It's your own personal journey. It's your own personal philosophy. It's funny. I was just, um, I looked up Simon Sinek um, while you were talking, Karen. And it was interesting to say what makes a great leader. Management theorist Simon Sinek suggested someone who makes their Um, the people that follow them feel secure, who draws into them a circle of trust. Um, Creating trust and safety um, is probably one of the most important things. Because if you trust somebody, like I actually, when I trust somebody, I will read their stuff and more often than not, if it just goes a little bit out of my philosophy, I'll, I'll go, okay, I need to figure out how this is working rather than just dismissing it and going, oh, well, that's, that's, just, that's just bull. Uh, and there are a lot of people that do that because I'm so far out of their philosophy, they'll just go, oh, what crap. That's the, the biggest lot of BS I've ever seen. And, um, but when you trust somebody, like with Kim, if, I'm, if I need anything for my skin or any something about relationships or anything about um, exercise, I can trust her. I know that she will give me a solid answer. And when it comes to taking me down the rabbit hole and the expanding my mind and making me think differently, not only about relationships but the world around me, I trust you, Karen. So it's funny, isn't it? It's I trust both of you and therefore you're my leaders. You know, you lead me. And so, you know, perhaps it's about having philosophy. It's about having trust in the person that's leading you. Uh, because look at, look at Hitler. People trusted him. People, <laughs> here I go, oh, well, I've just done you two and now I'm doing Hitler. <laughs> people did things for him. People trusted him. People, he led, he, he, I don't know how he did that, but he... Was it, you know, so we have good leaders and we have bad leaders and how do you know? It's just, I feel for people out there if they don't have self-leadership and they're following somebody else, how, you know, it's, I I feel like I'm questioning everything now. Yeah, but a, a good leader is really someone that's really good at communicating what they believe. So, you know, I, I think that's why I believe people follow you, Cindy, um, and definitely why people follow Karen. But I'm just talking about you first is that why I think people follow you is, first of all, you're excitable, you're passionate, you're funny, you're engaging, and you're very believable. 
Um, you're also very well researched, so we do trust you and we feel safe with your knowledge. But I think it goes beyond just the knowledge that you have. You're an engaging, fit, healthy, amazing woman who we all look up to because you do walk your talk and you do have that beautiful ability to share information very cleverly. Like you don't waffle in the way you tell your information. You're very clear and concise. So I think, and you also give hope to a lot of people that are very confused around food out there. You give that sense of um, this is doable. I can get back to basics following culture and tradition and let's remember you before you were talking about tribes and how much these generations handed down information and, and they learnt from their elders. There was like this this cultural and beautiful family belief and trust in their elders. But there was also a lot of a lot of fighting amongst tribes. There was also a lot mm. of challenges between tribes and different people's beliefs and tribal leaders and things like that. So maybe this whole challenging thing we have in this day and age is just different tribes still fighting against one another just in different <laughs> ways and different beliefs with our mighty leaders out the front so I think I think leadership you two epitomize it and and I loved your answer around it and I, that's why I wanted to ask Karen because sometimes our belief around following you is not necessarily the reason why you do it but it's why we follow you and so on that point I'd, just, I'd love to ask you Karen why why do you do what you do? What wakes you up in the morning and gets you out of bed and has you do 16-hour days of videoing? No, you've got it knowing. You've got to get information out there to people. Like, seriously, you could be – you're so good with so many things. You could do anything. You, you should have a T-shirt. I'd be good at that. You'd be good at anything. Um, <laughs> That's but, hilarious. Too. I'd have true. a T-shirt. I'd be good at you that. Could, But you could be a beauty therapist. You could be a um, financial advisor. You could be an accountant. You could be a, um, a, a, a beautiful speaker, a teacher. Like you can do so many things. But why do you do what you do? Journalist, real estate, truly. Why do you do what you do now? Um, I think because it's what's most fulfilling for me. And um, I initially, after the bombing, I really wanted to do something that would save the world. Um, thinking that that was what I needed to do, you know, from a psychological point of view, I felt like I needed to really do something to to help others. And now that I've been doing it for so long, I've realised the person I've helped the most is actually myself. So for me, it's the most fulfilling journey for me. And my love, and I guess my gift is my ability to communicate. So. I share the ride that I'm on and those that want to follow the ride or be a part of the ride more than anything are welcome to join me. And the more people who join me, then the happier I am because I love to play with people. I'm a real, I'm a real person who loves to hang player. out. I'm a player. That's me. I'm a player. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. And that's what gets me out of bed each morning is knowing that I've got a whole world full of people that I get to play with today. And then I think, well, what do I want to learn what do I need to learn and then let me share that with them so I think for me it's very much come back to um, a case of self-leadership and what has me on a continual journey of expansion and growing and developing myself because 
I've realized in this world, it's a never-ending excursion. It's a never-ending playground. There's always another set of monkey bars. There's always another place to go and do somersaults. There's always something more to do and something more to learn. And while ever I've got spring in my step and um, energy in my bones, I'm going to go out and explore the adventure. And for me, I just love having people that I get to play with along the way. So that's why I do what I do. So Cindy, listening now to her version of that, why do you think people follow Karen? What, what do you see in her followers or her tribe or people that love to follow her? Why do you think they follow her? Oh, I think Karen's got an amazing way of communicating things. And I've been to, you know, her Speakers Fast Track. I've been to Mindset Mastery where I've listened to her for five days and didn't want it to end. Um, she's just got this amazing way to communicate what she's learning in her own life and teaching other people because... I think that's what it is in the end is it's all about um, learning in our own lives. And you also see she walks, Karen walks her talk. You do, Karen. You walk your talk. Uh, you are fun. You. Um, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm funny. I'm you are fun. Oh, you're hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do you know what? It makes me laugh. That whenever I see anything that's got hilarious on it, I just want to tag you in on it. And I notice that everybody else does too, Karen. Everybody tags you on hilarious. Like you have you have owned that word. That is your word. Hilarious and puppies. <laughs> and puppies, yes. Yes, cute animals and hilarious. Tag your ta your name is tagged on all of it. I don't even have to tag anymore because I look and I go, oh, she's already tagged. But I think you have an amazing skill to communicate. I also think that you have been through a lot. To survive what you survived, to have so much, uh, so many things happen to you, we're kind of scared to go on holidays with you. That's, that is one point. Um, but, you know, to... <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> and we're but going to... to Machu Picchu. I don't know. <laughs> I hope there's no earthquake or volcano that erupts. Or... <laughs> well, one thing we can be counting on, if there is, I'll get us out of there. There you go. <laughs> I'm just going to stick like glue to you, Miss Karen. <laughs> but I think, you know... I think the bomb had to happen to you, as you said. Don't get blown up by a bomb like I had to in order to wake up. Uh, but I think you've experienced so much. You know, there's not many people who can say they survived a bomb and yet the two closest people to them didn't survive it, who were, like, in your ear, at, you know, at your face. Mm. So you've, you've scraped through through death. And I, and I think, you know, that's why the mummy blogger, um, is listened to is that she's had her babies she's getting through life she's got three kids with autism and this is what she's found out is working or she's got one kid with cerebral palsy another with you know anxiety and I believe that this is um, the, why people listen is that you're credible you're hilarious you communicate well you've been through it you know how to get out the other side. And but you know what you know what gets me, Karen, is that 
I listen to you and I understand what you're saying. And I think because I've had you in my ear for so many years, I can see these changes. I, I actually think differently, change differently, doing everything. And, but I see people who go to your, your talks and they may go to another one and for some reason they're not changing. And I think that that's where we need self-leadership is it's not about looking at you or me or Kim in order to make you make me change. Yeah, absolutely. It's about you're the only one that can make you change. You have the information and the tools and you have the best information and the best tools. But these people that come have to learn it's about them getting off their butt and doing something and creating a self-leadership and a leadership where they will get up in the morning and they will not eat breakfast cereals and modified milk and they won't pop pills to get them through the day and they will be excited about life and that is is where we stop criticising other people and we just live our own lives because we're so excited about our own self-leadership and our own life and that's you, Karen. You're so excited about your own life and your own self-leadership that I see you just... You, you know, you're up at four in the morning and you go to bed. I know you're in bed early, about 8.39, but you're up and all I see is that you're working the whole time. Mm. So, you know, maybe we're coming back as we talk about this is that self-leadership is probably more important than following somebody else. Yes, you can follow them and learn from them, but then you do your own guidance. So that's, that's why I think... Uh, People mm, I agree. You. Yeah, I agree. I agree, and I think there's another level again with you, Karen, which I think a lot of great leaders do possess, and that is, you have a real ability to show your vulnerability, and you have that incredible. Um, it's it's that thing about even I know it sounds so simple, but your love of your animals, your love of Matt your love of your friendships, your love of the people you get to interview is very infectious and very, um, it's it's that whole thing, you know, I want to be you when I grow up. It, it's what you make people feel. They want to they wanna go down the rabbit hole with you. You know, I read this, uh, you know, one of, one of the books that I have so many books beside that bed and I've just realised too, not one of them is a novel. I, I need help. I actually need help too. Um, <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> I know. But but how's this? I reckon our listeners are going to love this, why they follow perhaps us, but also why they follow um, anyone on the wellness couch. I mean, our beautiful wellness boys, the wellness guys, they have so much leadership as well. But how's this for a line? Leaders are the ones who run headfirst into the unknown. They rush toward the danger. They put their own interests aside to protect us or to pull us into the future. Leaders would sooner sacrifice what is theirs to save what is ours mm. and they would never sacrifice what is ours to save what is theirs. Oh, oh my God, that's beautiful. I've gone all goosey. But I, I oh. just think you're both, you both have that ability to go into the danger. Oh, my God, I'll be, th I'll be so there with you. I'll be behind you going, yeah, yeah, what she said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm there, I'm there. And I'll stick my head out and I'll go, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, you listen to them. Yeah. <laughs> You're hilarious, Kimmy. Can you but send you know, me that quote? That is I, I absolutely feel, I will. divine. 
I will. Me too. Okay, so I want to share something. I will. I'll, actually, I'll put, why don't I give it to you, um, Cindy, to put into the notes for this, um, for this podcast. Yes, yes. But, that um, would be great. But, okay, so while you've both been talking, and, and I know you're going to want to turn it around onto me, and I'm not trying to avoid it. I don't want you to – I'm not doing it because of that. I just – I actually feel like I'm speaking on behalf of our listeners asking you both. But while you were both talking, I texted one of our most avid followers, and I said, we're doing a podcast on leadership. Why do you follow Cindy? Why do you follow Karen? What is it that you love? Do you want to hear what, what, what she said? Yes. And I, re- I reckon she's going to speak on behalf of a lot of our listeners. I love oh. Cindy. I love Cindy because she's honest. She'd never sell her soul or integrity to keep any company or mainstream believers happy. She's got the same passion for nutrition, nutrition, tradition, and culture as I do. And she has the most comforting, gentle voice. Aww. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, and then it's just gorgeous. And then she said. Karen inspires me because she's been to hell and back and has learned to turn her story into a catalyst for a better purpose. She loves animals, and anyone that loves animals tends to be a good egg in my books. (laughs) (laughs) And I love her silly voices and her princessnicity. Oh, yeah. So do you see what I mean, though, that, I know we both say why we think people follow you and why we think people follow us or the wellness couch or people on it, but it goes beyond just what your skill and your knowledge and your education is. You become people that people relate to. They love the quirkiness. They love the passion. They love the, and that's where I'd say maybe the Monsantos of the world lose out because we just get it all filtrated down into the people that we then have a relationship with or that we believe in, rightly or wrongly. Um, we have this ability that the person we're talking to on the ground level, on the, on the face value, is the person that we're actually going to listen to the most, which is why I think Monsanto is bloody clever in getting the mummy bloggers in because they're the ones that we're wanting to listen to, follow and be passionate about. Don't you think it's interesting? Definitely. All right, so we are going to turn it around on you, Miss Kimmy. Why do you do what you do? Why do you have such a – and I know what you're like, and and I need to tell the listeners this, is that Kim is up at four in the morning answering emails, answering Facebook, answering up for chat questions. Um, I think you spend more time with your public than I know I I would, the people that follow you. And I want to spend more time with them, but I'm just, you know, I like my sleep at four in the morning. I just need you to know, Kimmy. Um, <laughs> and, and seriously, Kim and I will be in the same bed together and I will see this glint of light at four in the morning and I will just turn the other way and close my eyes and go to sleep while she's answering people that had asked her questions at 11 o'clock last night. So... Why, why are you so committed and so passionate and so you, you run yourself into the ground? That's what I see, to help the person that you've never heard of before, to help them to the nth degree. There you go, Miss Kim. Why? Um, hmm, that brought a little tear to the eye hearing you say that. Um, 
I, I think back to who I was as a little girl and, you know, my mum was on her own at nine. Uh, at, sorry, I was on our own with her at nine when dad left or we left dad. And I knew she worked three jobs and I knew she was doing everything she could to to raise three children without any family support. And I think from that age, I just knew that I had to help her, you know, help with my younger brother and sister. And and look, there was times where I took that, that role to the nth degree where I became very bossy and um, I liked being the oldest and things like that. And, and my sister and I have joked about it since that I was rather bossy when I was younger. Um, but then I think... I saw the agony in my mother and I saw the pain in my father and I saw loss at a young age and, and I grew up in a tough environment and went to a school where a lot of people, you know, struggled and, and went through a lot of tough times and and I don't know whether that was at the core of my essence where I knew just by saying something nice to someone actually made them feel good. and. And it didn't matter what was going on in their world that I could just say, but you look so pretty today. And, mm-hmm. and, they, would, and they would go, oh, oh, thank you. That means so much. And when I got that reaction of, wow, saying something so simple or, or paying for the person behind you's coffee, that wasn't very good English, use, um, that was very Australian. Um, <laughs> but it was those little things that, that made me feel good because someone turned around saying I felt they felt good from what I'd said or done. So I think, you know, I get up and do what I do and, and I'm nosy and I'm interested and I'm, I love people and, and like Karen, I, I love the thought of playing with people and I mean, I know part of why I wanted to do this podcast with you both was because I got to play with two people that are that are really awesome in my books that make me feel good every day. Um, I, I, I think I do what I do. Like I was thinking, why do I sell essential oils and why, why am I so excited? I think because essential oils are almost the voice for when I can't be there with you, that you get to smell an oil and you get to hear me saying, you're so worthy when you light your vaporizer. You're saying that I'm worth this time or I'm worth putting this, on for my children when they've got a cold or when you when you cut your onion in half and you put it next to a young uh, even a puppy dog that's not well or a or when you put an onion next to a husband that's got a cough it's just because you've taken a moment to do something it costs very little but has such a power behind the meaning of of love and care and you know, I'm probably feeling a little bit fragile today because last night the three of us, my, my hubby's away, but the, the children and I were watching the Alice McInnes, Alex McInnes story of a man who was playing league, his passion. And when he said, when his neck broke in that rugby league tackle and he was lying on the floor, on the ground, and he just kept saying, I can't breathe, I can't move, I can't feel, but I don't care about rugby anymore, just tell me. I don't care about the football anymore, just tell me I'm going to walk again. That's what he was saying in the first 60 seconds of having wow. his neck broken. I'm thinking, I don't think it really matters that you sell food products, Cindy, or that I sell essential oils or that Karen sells beautiful programs. I don't think that matters. I think what matters is that you know that we care. And I think ultimately underneath that, when you show care for another human being or you have empathy 
or compassion around humanity, I think that's leadership. And I think that's truly why we do what we do. Wow. Oh, Miss Kimmy. She's mm. having a little tear. Oh, bless your little cotton socks. Sweetest girl in the world. See, this is this is what I was saying. Um, you you just have such an empathy for people. Um, yeah. I, Why do you think people follow you, Kimmy? Oh, I don't know. I get more upset when I see someone unfollows me. I think, oh, my gosh, why did you unfollow me? What happened? What did I say? What did I do? Um, I watched another podcast, or not a podcast, a video. I just posted it actually on my Facebook, my, my public forum Facebook, Kim Morrison page, and it was about beauty. And this lady was sitting there with acne, a few pimples on her face, and she put pictures up of herself that has pimples and no makeup, she said, and she posted the comments, and it was ugly effing so-and-so, why would you even put your face out here? And someone else wrote, ooh, why would you show your face to the world? And someone else wrote, hashtag hate, like I'm not kidding you, it's a very powerful video to watch, watch it on my, go to my Facebook page, Kim Morrison, and and then, and she's just completely no makeup. And I always think of you, Karen, when you say I'm wearing no makeup and and you know and who I am. And yet, people behind a screen on social media write such cruel things. And then that shows her fast tracking, and she's putting makeup on, and she's covering the pimples, and she's you know making her eyes more, and she's done her hair. And then all these people are saying, "Oh my God, you're so beautiful! You're you're so amazing!" and and you're so pretty and, and all of these things. And then someone else wrote, oh, just because just you put makeup on doesn't mean to say that you're beautiful, you're still ugly. Or like seriously, the oh words God. were just, oh, oh, it's really, really compelling to watch. And I really think about it when I watch people harming others or harming themselves or saying not such nice things. I think, wow, what's, what's going on in there to really – because I would never say that. I would never – write something like that. So I'm always interested in why people do write hateful things or nasty things. And let's just be honest here, why we do it to ourselves. Because even as I'm saying that, if I'm really honest, I've said those things to myself. Um, so I might not say it to another, but it's just as harmful to say it to yourself. And I think probably the underlying thing of why I do what I do and why I think people follow me, back to your question, is maybe... Maybe I just expose the truth of why I beat up on me sometimes and then what do I do in order to stop that or not. It doesn't serve me doing that. It doesn't serve me being that. I mean, no one would follow me if I sat there saying I'm fat or I've got pimples or I'm not good enough or I, I, I don't think I'm hot or I don't think I'm sick. No one would care, really, but they would then get sick of that. But then they probably also wouldn't love it if I said, oh, my God gosh, I'm a hot mama or I'm so, so <laughs> clever or I'm so that. I think there's that real line of humanity where we love empathy and compassion and humility and but we also love confidence and and strength and courage and, and you know, that, that going into that place of into the unknown. And I don't know. I don't know why people follow me. I just hope that if they follow me that they see that there's a, there's someone looking right back at them exactly like them that has their moments of strength and their moments of, 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 of maybe weakness. But at the same time, I don't think that makes us wrong or bad or different. It's just who we are. 
Did you ask that um, person who you asked <laughs> about us, did you ask our beautiful listener why they followed you? <laughs> she just came back saying, <laughs> <laughs> well, you already know why I love you. So that was all she said with a big kiss oh! of smiley face. So, oh, yeah. bless. Oh, so, I just yeah. think that is so gorgeous. I wish she'd expressed it more so we could hear what she had to say. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, we're going to interview her. We're going to interview her. Oh, good, yeah. good, good. We'll get yeah. out of her then. <laughs> yeah. But isn't it beautiful? There's, a, there's that, I think, where I think you've both taught me that, yes, we're up here. This is why we do what we do. We get up every morning. Maybe there's, there's superficial things of paying bills and creating a lifestyle and all those things that allow us to do what we do to love. But underneath, when we peel the onion layer and we peel it back more and more, the why is truly, that's why people follow us. That's why people listen to this podcast. They they like to know that we are real. They like to know that we can talk to them. If we met them in a street, we would not only talk to them, we'd probably leg hug them and we'd probably <laughs> up to up. And, and, you know, Tice. like I think that's it's just, just being seen, isn't it? I think why people follow each other is it'd be lovely to be thought of of being seen and, and believing in their tribe and what they're about and it's that why. Do you know something I was thinking about, Kim, as you were talking, and as as long as I've known you too, I've never seen any nastiness um, come out of your mouths I've, or heard any nastiness come out of your mouth. I've never seen any nastiness that you put on your Facebooks or Instagrams or things like that. What What is it? that allow or what is it that somebody feels that they can hide behind their Facebook page uh, and be nasty like um, I'm gonna I'm actually gonna name one and it's Mamma Mia I thought that she put this on to allow women to have a space to speak their mind but when you speak your mind on that site which is a leadership site you have to admit you know she's got a big following that you are absolutely caned for for that mm. and I, I I couldn't follow somebody like that I can't follow her uh, I did once make one comment and oh my gosh I've never been more um, <laughs> bashed in my life I, I just want to know why do people follow those sites? Why, why when I go on some of these sites and I see the nastiness and about it could be about me, it could be like um, there's this one blog that was about, now, listen to the names of these people that they were being very nasty about, Jess Ainscoe, Polly Noble, Nat Kringoris, Teresa Kerr, Kimberly Snyler, Charlotte and Wes Carr, Helen Patteron, yep. Pete Evans, IIN, Mike Gerson like being absolutely um, rude about, and I was in there too, by the way. Um, why do they Why do they do that? What, what possesses anybody to want to even have anything to do with nasty people? I, 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 think, I think that there's a, there's a oh, from a media point of view, I think that there's a voyeuristic part um, inside of some viewers and listeners that feed on that kind of negativity. Like you think about 
um, no matter what happens in life, there's always a negative side. And unfortunately, as humans, we tend to feed the negative. And then finally, we start to feed the positive, but we feed the negative. And there are just some media outlets that thrive on feeding the negative, I think, because that's what sells. That's what gets people's attention. You look at any kind of sales pitch or any kind of sales promotion, it's all about speak to the negative, speak to the pain, speak to what we're suffering with, Uh. that then people, you know, will actually pay attention because people won't pay attention unless they know that there's pain and suffering there. And I think it's part of the conditioning. Um, You look at everything in the newspaper, everything on the television, everything that we read, it's all sensationalized and it's sensationalized negativity and that's what gets attention. It's sad. It's really, really sad because wouldn't it be awesome if what was getting attention was, you know, um, Aboriginals enjoy endless freedom across Australia. Um, Mm. You know, that, I mean, of course, something like that would get amazing attention, but even just day-to-day stuff getting attention would be amazing. And I think that there's a potentially a shift, but I, I think we're still caught in that. What do you reckon, Kim? I, I think when I, I like, I think there's a real dichotomy and a real um, there, there's a there's a swell in the negativity, of course, because of the sensationalism. But I truly do believe there's also a swell in the positiveness. So, so as much as you know, like Cindy's just mentioned, so we're saying Mamma Mia. Um, I think what will happen with the Mamma Mia's for the people in, that like to do and, and think of the world the way we do and our tribes and all the people that she just mentioned that Mamma Mia were, were basically slagging off, I think what you'll find is that you'll scan those and go, oh, wow. Oh, that's." I mean, my favourite line of all, whenever I see anything that kind of rattles me or pushes any buttons, <clears throat> and I invite any of our listeners to take this line on, even if someone's at you with it, and that is... Oh, that's interesting. Like, it's such a good line. It's my favorite line of all. But, oh, that's interesting. But my absolute belief is then I'll go to your both, your pages, and I get such a kick and a giggle when I see two little furry animals doing something or when I see um, Kaz has posted something with Matt sitting there in the sun just hanging out with her buddy or I'll see Cindy hanging out in New Zealand or standing there with a person, a woman from Namibia, and I go, oh, that – and then my heart and, revel- and and my vibration just totally bumps up again and I'm back out there. So I think, I think what happens is it's probably that, that, that'll never go away, the sensationalism or the negativity or the, the fear-mongering or the thing like that. But our, our skill or our challenge, if you like, as leaders is to then see how quickly we can turn that back into the truth of what it is to be a human being and that is love. There, there's no other word. It is, it is love. And when we sit in that place, then all the hearsays, all the naysayers, all the, the, the negativity, it's, it's there. But it's there as a beautiful reminder of what is truth and truth is love. And that's, that's what I think. Mm, well said. Beautiful. Yeah, well said. Mm. Beautiful. So if we were going to sum this all up. Yes. Um, with regards to leadership. So I wrote some things down. And I think self-leadership was a a beautiful word, Karen, and I think it's Mm. important to be educated. But in order to know that education out there is, there's a lot of bias out there, is to perhaps have a philosophy. And I think the other thing with the leadership is we doubt ourselves. Mm. We do doubt 
ourselves when everybody is is pushing at you that you know you're doing the wrong thing I always question and go am I doing the right thing I, w I had this question with um, Ali Postles and Casey O'Meara my daughter this weekend we were questioning things and I think that we I know that Kim doubts herself and I know that you do Karen and I think that's the sign of a true leader are people who will question whether they are on the right course and realign their course if they're not right and admit when they're not right. And I think that I, I find that people who are so adamant that they're right, that they're the ones I pull away from. So yeah, in summary, self-leadership is so important. Educate yourself, have a philosophy, and doubt yourself on occasion. Do you, what do you think? Yeah. I love that. I love it. And I think that um, I was just thinking then there's a beautiful saying that says, to thine own self be true. And mm. um, you're right, Cindy, when you question yourself and you, 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 you are willing to be open, you're willing to be, can, you're willing to be open, you're willing to consider all sides I think that's the best part about leadership and self-leadership. You know, even when you think about leading a team, it's getting contribution from the team that makes you an inspiring leader because you allow people to contribute their ideas and their viewpoints. And whether the leader takes that on or not, it's up to them because obviously they have a bigger picture than others. But it's the same thing for us with self-leadership. I think you, you summed it up so beautifully. Be willing to be open be willing to question yourself, be willing to question everything, but then to thine own self be true, you know. I oh, love that. And, and I'll add to it um, that I truly believe that even you just tapped on there in business, Karen, that just, and I'll give an example just very quickly, is, you know, in the company that I have, an essential oil company, there's a lot of other brands out there that are way, way bigger, way, way bigger. And I get asked all the time, what do I think of this brand? What do I think of the, that brand? How do I relate to that? And we can talk, talk about this on all different um, industries and, and, and products, of course. But my answer to everyone that's in my team and every student that comes in is, we're all doing a fantastic job. We're all offering an amazing service and there's quality and there's quality. But my challenge to you is this, do what you do well, do it with integrity, do it with honesty and do it with the art of service behind it. And that is what will grow your business or grow your tribe, grow your family or grow your community. If we do it with the art of love and the art of service in behind helping humanity, then I don't think you can go wrong. True that. True that. True that. True that. True, true that. True that. True, true, true that. True that. So, my mighty leaders, that was a wonderful podcast. It Thank was. You. It was. And it just seemed like the time went so quick. It did. Yeah. So, for everybody who's listening to today's podcast, hopefully you've enjoyed it and gotten a little bit of something, something out of it for yourself around your own self-leadership. And I think, you know, know yourself, know your philosophy, be open, um, be willing to explore and experiment, make life an adventure and take others on the ride with you. And when you when you know your own truth, that's the time that you're tr you're most truly free. So um, enjoy today's podcast. Share it with everybody that you know. When you go to iTunes, give us a five star rating 
And make sure that you go to our Facebook page at allthews.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat and post your comments and your questions there. Also, you can go to allthews.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat. And we're going to see you here next time, same time, same station on Up for a Chat, where you get to be part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. We're going to see you on the ride. Bye for now, everybody. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.